And I'm resting so that you will see that you need to rest. Nobody is designed to go all day, every day, without a break. Even think of the way God, just the natural cycles of life. You have times of waking and sleeping. You have times of engagement and withdrawal every single day, right? Because none of us are meant to be all the way on all the time. Finish one project, begin another. Overtime, six-day work weeks. We as a society don't know how to rest, but Jesus does. Today, Pastor Daniel will share the story of the Jewish people coming out of a time where their lives and livelihoods were under constant threat. God delivered the people, and they sought to honor Him by pausing everything and focusing on Him. It's a blessing to give the Lord a time of honor and fellowship. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, Don't Forget. So here we are, we're at the closing message in our journey through the book of Esther. It's been an extraordinary last couple months, hasn't it, as we've been walking through this book. And one of the things that's amazing about the book of Esther that you may not realize is that year in and year out, since the time that this actually happened, the Jewish people have been retelling the story every single year. It's, we're going to see it today. It becomes part of their lives. And the thing that's amazing about that and important about that is that in each one of our lives, we have to keep ourselves from forgetting the things that God has done. Isn't it true? We go through life and oftentimes we remember the wrong things. We, we spend our space and our hearts focusing on things that hurt, things that were off-putting. I mean, even think back to your childhood. For many of us, if you think about a certain person, what you remember is something bad that happened. Oh, yeah, I remember when they did that to me. When really, we have to be intentional about remembering the things that God has done. Because over time, over time, those things get, start to wash away. I, I think about it. I, I've told many young couples that on their anniversary, that every year on their anniversary, they should sit down and they should watch their wedding video. Why? Because when you get married and, and, and that day when you stand before the Lord, you're before God, you're before your families, and you say things like, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, right? And on that wedding day, couples mean it with their whole heart. They look into each other. It's a beautiful thing. They look into each other's eyes and they say these things. But then after you're married for a while, right, you have enough poor and sickness and worse, right? And you forget 
what young love looked like. You forget how powerfully you, you meant those words. And I like to tell couples, you got to go back on your anniversary and watch that video. Why? Because it's a reminder. Because we forget so easily. And that's also true in the things of God. We are so apt to forget God's hand in our lives, God's faithfulness to us. And so I've entitled this closing message in the book of Esther, Don't Forget, because we're going to see three simple things from this closing section of the book that we should not forget. So open up those Bibles, Esther chapter 9, Esther chapter 9, as we close out this For Such a Time series, Esther chapter 9, we're going to be picking up today in verse 18 of chapter 9. I literally want you to grab the Bible and I want you to open it because we live in a world of so many opinions and information. I want you to be able to see this is God's word. He gave us this in a book. So I want you to be able to read along. Esther's not hard to find in the Bible. Why? Because if you're flipping through the Bible, you find the book of Psalms, 150 of them, easy to find. You find the book of Psalms, you turn left, you have the book of Job, and then you go left again, and then you have the book of Esther. So I can say, keep flipping around till you find Job or Psalms, and when you find it, just go left. And Esther's there. Esther chapter 9. I'll pick it up in verse 17, actually. Look what it says. This was the 13th day of the month of Adar, and on the 14th of the month, they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews who were in Shushan assembled together on the 13th day, as well as on the 14th, and on the 15th of the month they rested, and they made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Jews of the villages who dwelt in the unwalled town celebrated the 14th day of the month of Adar with gladness and feasting as a holiday and for sending presents to one another. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters to all the Jews near and far who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to establish among them that they should celebrate yearly the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar as the days of which the Jews had rest from their enemies as the month which was turned from sorrow to joy for them and from mourning to a holiday that they should make them days of feasting and joy of sending presents to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews accepted the custom which they had begun as Mordecai had written to him. Now, we find out here that on the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th day of the month of Adar, now we have this festival, this party, this celebration. Now, some of you might say, well, when is the month of Adar? Now, you realize that the Gregorian calendar that we're used to today is different from the Hebrew calendar um, of old. And it still exists to this day, but really the Gregorian calendar is different. So the month of Adar would be in what would be February and March of, of our calendar, of what we're used to, right? And what we find is that there is a celebration that is meant to take place to commemorate all that's gone on in the book of Esther. So the first thing not to forget, and we see this over and over again in these verses, don't forget to rest and rejoice. Don't forget to rest and rejoice. Two things not to forget to do, resting and rejoicing. Where do I get this from? Notice what it says in verse 17. 
And on the 14th of the month, they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Look at verse 18. On the 15th day of the month, they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Look at verse 19. With gladness and feasting as a holiday for the sending of presents one to another. So after all the circumstances in the book of Esther, which we're going to go back over again in a few moments, it says that they rested and they feasted and were glad, which I, using the word, rejoiced. Now, why do we need to do this? Because in our culture today, 21st century America, we don't rest really well. It's like we don't know how to rest anymore. I mean, how many of you have had a vacation where you needed a vacation from your vacation? Yeah, that's the American way for you. You drive or you fly someplace beautiful, and because we don't know how to rest, we pack in as many things as we can find all the way. We do everything, and then by the time the vacation is over, you can't wait to go home to rest. It's the culture that we live in. And so we, you and I, need to learn how to rest. And that's why I said don't forget to rest, because resting gives us an opportunity to recover, to be rejuvenated, to integrate whatever the circumstances are of our lives into our lives in a way that's healthy, in a way that brings wholeness and blessing to our lives. But for so many of us, we don't know how to rest, right? It's, we live in a day and age of not only a 24-hour news cycle, but a 60-minute-an-hour, 24-hour-a-day news cycle. So life is always happening. It comes at us over and over and over again. We are overscheduled, overstimulated. We're highly caffeinated. We have all these things going on, right? And the ability to rest escapes us. Now, what's interesting is in our Bibles, the idea of rest, the Hebrew word is what? Sabbath is a big, important term. Think about the creation account of Genesis chapter 1 and the beginning of Genesis chapter 2. It says that God created everything in six days, and then on the seventh day, which it says in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, that God rested from his labor. Now, you have to realize that when God rested, it wasn't like God was exhaustive from all the work he was doing. It wasn't like God was like, man, I've been working so hard for six straight days, not even a moment off. I've been speaking everything into existence. And man, I am pooped. Can't I just get me an Arnold Palmer with a little umbrella in it and, 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 and a lounge chair? No, God is all powerful. So God is infinitely creative all the time. But God rested because God knew he was modeling for us that we are not all powerful. See, God is saying, look, I'm all powerful and I'm resting so that you will see that you need to rest. Nobody is designed to go all day, every day without a break. Even think of the way God, just the natural cycles of life. You have times of waking and sleeping. You have times of engagement and withdrawal every single day right? Because none of us are meant to be all the way on all the time. None of us are meant to be. And God has in his word that, hey, work for six days and you need seven days to rest, to relax, to be rejuvenated. 
For many of us, we work five-day work weeks or maybe six-day work weeks. But if you look at our rest days, they're really not restful at all. Like, I'm, just, I'm living through that. I got a whole bunch of bark dust, bark delivered. That was dumb. 90-degree weekend. <laughs> Welcome to your Sabbath, Fusco, you know. But we do that, don't we? Like, on the days we're supposed to re- get rejuvenated and relax, we fill it up with frantic entertainment, running here and there, all over the place. But we have to learn how to rest. Don't forget to rest. Resting is essential to real life. And for many of us, we don't do it well at all. Now, not only resting, but also rejoicing. See, our lives in this day and age are so aggressively scheduled. I mean, think about in any one of us, how many times have you thought, I just wish I had five more hours in a day, right? And everything in our lives literally has been designed to make us more productive, to get more done in a shorter amount of time. And you could imagine if you had five more hours in a day, it's not like you'd sleep, right? You'd find a million other things to cram in there. All the technology we have, which is all meant to help make us get things more done quickly, better, and all this stuff. All we're like, man, it just, it just shows how much I can't get done, right? And so what happens is, is we never take the time to rejoice in what God has done. Because right as something good happens, we're on to the next thing, right? It's like that at your job. You make this big sale, and you're like, great. Oh, yeah, that thing went awesome. And okay, you've got to make the next sale. Boom. You never even take the time. I mean, I even think about it as a pastor. It's like, I'm preaching today, and guess what happens tomorrow? i got to prepare another message. Never. It's like, right as you're done, you're on to the next thing. And, and our lives are designed that way unless you and I become intentional about saying, I am going to rest And I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to take the time to celebrate who God is and what he's done. And I think in a lot of ways, resting will give way to rejoicing because we slow down enough to be able to take the time to celebrate who God is and what God is doing. See, here, after everything that's gone on with Haman and King Ahasuerus and Esther and Mordecai, now we find that the people stop. They rest from all that was going on, and they find themselves rejoicing. Now, here's the thing about rest, is that you need to rest physically, emotionally. But true rest in the Bible is explained very specifically. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 to 11. It says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now, check out what the Bible says. The Bible says that true rest is not just us ceasing our labors, but the true rest that you and I have, it's a gift that comes from Jesus. Jesus is the truest example of the Sabbath rest. Let me explain to you why. Even if you do a good job of trying to rest your body and, and, and kind of power down a little bit, outside of Jesus, each one of us find ourselves on the hamster wheel 
of trying to save ourselves. See, each one of us realizes in your life and in my life, we realize that we make mistakes. You can't miss it. People tell you you're making mistakes. Even if they don't know you made the mistake, you know you made the mistake, right? So for every single person, whether they would characterize it this way or not, everyone is trying to say, God, I'm going to do this so that, so that I'm valuable. I'm going to do this so that I'm lovable. I'm going to do this to say, even though I made mistakes, this is how I'm going to fix that. This is how I'm going to fix that. That's a self-salvation plan. I'm here to tell you that is the ultimate rat race. The ultimate rat race is trying to save yourself based on the things that you do. And everybody does it. Every single human being is on a self-salvation plan. Maybe you're a good person. Maybe you make a lot of money. Maybe you're a faithful spouse. You're a good employee. Whatever your thing is, it's a self-salvation plan. And I'm here to tell you that behind all of the energy that we exert, that rat race is exhausting. It's funny. I have a lot of friends as a musician and an artist. I have lots of friends who are artists. And the whole tortured artist thing that's classic human self-salvation. Because the tortured artist, why are you tortured? You're doing art. Well, because you're trying to save yourself through your art. That's why it happens. And it's completely unhealthy because it is the ultimate outgrowth of a rat race that goes on inside. I will be able to justify my existence because I did this beautiful piece of art and everybody noticed it. Or I sang the right notes. Or I write this beautiful thing. Or whatever the thing is. And listen, for the people of God, the ultimate rest is when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Why? Because when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're allowed to get off the rat race of the hamster wheel of trying to justify your existence before God. Because you realize that in Jesus, our existence is justified because Jesus came and lived the life that we could never lead. And he died on the death that we deserve for our mistakes. And because Jesus completed the work, we join him in entering the completion of the work. And now we are free to truly live an abundant life. That's why it says in these verses in Hebrews 4, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from him. Therefore, let's be diligent in entering that rest. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So listen, you can have the best work-life balance. You can rest and work, but until you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you, you're in a rat race deep in the core of who you are, and you may not even realize it, but it's exhausting. The ultimate rest is when you put your faith and trust in Jesus and you trust in his work and you stop trying to self-justify. And I believe there's some of you, you're here today, you needed to hear that. And listen, by the end of the service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to take that step, say, I'm going to cease from my labor because I'm going to trust in Jesus. And, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. Literally, it takes you off, takes you off of that hamster wheel and allows you to rest in the strength of the work of the Lord. But I also think there's many of you here right now, you love Jesus, you've entered his rest, but you were so used to doing self-salvation before Jesus that you get saved and you're saved, but you're still on that hamster wheel in your heart because it doesn't just shut off all of a sudden. It's a relearning of how to live. And listen, one of the reasons I believe that God invites us into the Sabbath rest 
is to always remind us that the world can go on and get everything done without our involvement. See, Sabbath reminds us that God is the creator and we are the created. The world does not need us to survive and exist. And every time when we power down, we're reminded of our earthliness, our humanness. And we're also reminded of God's power and that God is the sustainer. So don't forget to rest. And as you rest, don't neglect the moments to rejoice. Take the extra moment and say, God, I want to rejoice in you. Thank you for what you've done. I'm going to celebrate you. So the first thing is don't forget to rest and to rejoice. Now look at what it says next. Picking up in verse 20 of Esther chapter 9. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters to all the Jews near and far who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to establish among them that they should celebrate yearly the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar as the days of which the Jews had rest from their enemies as the month which was turned from sorrow to joy for them and from mourning to a holiday, that they should make them days of feasting and joy of sending presents to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews accepted the custom which they had begun as Mordecai had written to them because Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to annihilate them and had cast pur, that is, the lot, to consume them and destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letter that this wicked plot, which Haman had devised against the Jews, should return on his own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. So they called these days Purim after the name Pur. Therefore, because of all the words of this letter, what they had seen concerning this matter and what had happened to them, the Jews established and imposed it upon themselves and their descendants and all who had joined them that without fail they should celebrate these two days every year according to the written instructions and according to the prescribed time, that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation every family, every province, and every city, that these days of Purim should not fail to be observed among the Jews, and that the memory of them should not perish among their descendants. Then Queen Esther, the daughter of Abihail, with Mordecai, the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm this second letter about Purim. And Mordecai sent letters to all the Jews to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus with words of peace and truth to confirm these days of Purim at their appointed time as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had prescribed for them and as they had decreed for themselves and their descendants concerning matters of their fasting and lamenting. So the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim and it was written in the book. Now, you notice here, we have a rehearsal once again of both what happened and what the outcome is. Jesus is real. Trying to save ourselves is exhausting. Pastor Daniel today told us why a self-salvation plan is not only tiresome, but useless and impossible. It's like an internal rat race. 
we heard how with Jesus we can get out of that race as we let God's power sustain us. We're so happy that you're a part of the Jesus is Real Radio family. Jesus is Real Radio is a listener-supported program. We want to let the whole world know that Jesus is real. Your donations help make this possible. You can become a monthly supporter or give a one-time gift by text message. It's easy. Simply text your gift to 855-910-8300. That's 855-910-8300. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share why our stories are so important to the world, especially when they include Jesus. In Esther, the Jewish people go back and revisit stories to remember God's grace. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled, For Such a Time. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.